Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, each and every one who are joining in with us this evening. We bless God, we thank God, and we praise God for each and every one of you. I would like to take this opportunity to welcome you to this, the 1,733rd episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. You are joining in with us today on Bible Study for Life, and I am your host for the next hour, Pastor Tyleen Daly. Hallelujah, God. Again, we just bless and praise God for each and every one of you who are joining in with us. We welcome you to continue to listen in via the live stream at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom, or you can listen in via phone at 319-527-6091. Again, that phone number is 319-527-6091. And if you would like to speak with us live on the air, you simply press 1, and the engineer will bring you on to let us know that uh, you are here to speak with us. Amen. I'm really excited to be here with you this evening. I'm excited about the word that God has given me uh, for each and every one this evening. So um, as we get prepared to go before God's word, I want you to understand that the word this evening um, is really uh, uh, geared towards the backslider. Amen. The word this evening is for the backslider. Now, understand, I hear some people in my spiritual ear right now going, uh, well, I can tune this out right now because this word is not for me. But what I need you to understand is that in different areas of our lives, saved and unsaved alike, you can find yourself somewhat in a backslidden state. Amen? You are in a backslidden state when you find yourself doing something that God has already delivered you from or when you find yourself after your salvation in a situation that God has forbid you to be in. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, As I said, I'm just excited to be here this evening. Amen. And and we're going to be coming from you this evening from the book of Luke. We'll be in the New Testament coming from the book of Luke, and we'll be in the 15th chapter, the 15th chapter of the book of Luke. And we're going to be beginning at the 11th verse. Now, I might be uh, reading a little bit different from you this evening because I will be reading from the Message Version Bible. Um, I'm, I'm reading from this particular version this evening because I want to make sure that the Word of God is clearly understood. Amen. So before we go into reading the word. I want you to go and grab pen, pencil, and most importantly, your Bible, something to write on so that we can get ready to study to show ourselves approved unto God 
workmen who needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen, amen, and amen. So now what we're going to do is, again, I'm going to be reading the scripture. I am coming from the book of Luke, uh, the 15th chapter. I will begin reading down at the 11th verse. After the scripture reading, we will have a brief word of prayer, and then we will be diving right into God's word. So Luke, the 15th chapter, the 11th verse, and it says, Then he said, now I'm going to stop there for a second because I want you to understand who is talking. When we join into this particular chapter of Scripture, Luke chapter 15, we are walking in with Jesus giving three different parables. And the particular parable that we are talking about tonight begins at the 11th verse. So when you hear him say, and then he said at right here, 1511, we're talking about Jesus. So it could say, then Jesus said, because he is the one giving the parable. He is the one teaching the lesson. So again, starting at Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it says, then he said, there was once a man who had, the younger said to his father, father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through the country, and he began to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his field to slop the pigs. Uh, He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. Uh, uh, Luke 15 and 18, our key verse, he said, I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called. Just take me on as a hired hand. The 20th verse says, he got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. Amen. And that was Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 20. And we know that the reading of God's word is already blessed. And our key scripture out of that, again, is Luke 15 and 18. I am going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. And I would like to speak to you for a moment this evening from the topic of I don't belong here. Amen. I don't belong here. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. 
Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Father God, it is once more and again that we, your handmaid servants, come humbly yet boldly before the throne of glory. We come, Father God, saying thank you, Father, thanking you for all that you have done for us, for all that you are doing for us. We thank you for all that we are believing for you to do for us, Father. We just praise your holy name for who you are and all that you are, Father God. We say thank you for the blood that is still running warm through our veins this evening, Father God. We say thank you for allowing us to get to this place and this day where your word can go forward this evening, Father God. Hallelujah, God. We say thank you, Father, for right now we believe that you are toiling the soil of our minds so that your word will fall on good ground and take root this evening, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, we just say thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Father. We glorify and magnify your name this evening. Hallelujah for you and you alone are worthy of all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, Father God, because even though it looks like chaos is going on in the world all around us, hallelujah, God. We know that you are our fortress. Hallelujah, God. We know that you are our shield and our protector. Hallelujah, God. So we say thank you this evening, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. If we had a thousand tongues, we could not bless and praise your name enough. We could not say thank you to you enough. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Then, Lord, as bad children come before a good father. We ask forgiveness this evening of any sins that we may have committed through thought, deed, or action. Hallelujah, God. Knowingly or unknowingly, Father God. Sins of commission as well as sins of omission, Father. We ask that you forgive us right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. And to yonder sea of forgetfulness, Father, that they not rise up against us in that day of judgment, Father. Then, Father, we ask that you grant to us a spirit of forgiveness unto those who may have offended us, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. For how can we ask you to forgive us when we have not forgiven given our own brothers and sisters right here in this realm of existence, Father God. We just bless and praise your name. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Then, Lord, we ask, hallelujah, God, by your might and your Holy Ghost power, Father God, that you will saturate these airwaves in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah, God, that you will use your word, Father God, to release healing in the name of Jesus, God, that you will use your word, Father, to release the spirit of peace all over the land. Hallelujah, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, God, we ask by your spirit, Father, that you will release comfort this evening, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. We ask by your word this evening, Father, and through the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, that shackles of bondage will fall off this evening. Hallelujah, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We ask, Father God, by your power, by your spirit, and by your might, Father, that you will hold the enemy at bay, Father God, that some lost soul this evening can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that some backslidden soul can come back into right relationship this evening, Father God. Hallelujah, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Then, Lord, I surrender myself to you this evening. Hallelujah, that you will use me for your glory. Hallelujah, God. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We're going to be speaking again this evening, hallelujah, from the book of Luke, chapter 15, and we'll be uh, down at the 11th verse, and we will be dealing with a a story or a a topic that is pretty much well known to most people, but it may not be known to all. And that is the story of the prodigal son, which you just heard me read beforehand. Amen. And the Lord gave me uh, as a topic to the prodigal son this evening, I don't belong here. Amen. Um, Have you ever found yourself in a situation that made you look around and say, how did I get here? Um, now, how does how did I end up exactly where I'm at? Now, here does not have to be a location. Again, it could just be a situation. Have you ever been driving down the street and you thought you knew the way that you were going, but you blew past a turn? I can share this story really quickly. Um, I, I was taking my daughter to the hospital for my granddaughter, and we were going right there in Philadelphia to St. Christopher's. Now, I have driven this route a million and one times, amen? I know this route like I know the back of my hand, but for whatever reason, there was just enough distraction going on that I missed my turn. And because I missed my turn, although the surroundings where we were continued to look familiar to me, I did not realize I missed my turn until I no longer knew where I was at. Amen. So again, it it, it could be a location that makes you say, how did I get here? But nine times out of ten, it's usually a situation. It could be how did I get into this financial situation. It could be how did I get into this spiritual situation. How did I get into this relationship situation. How did I get into this abusive situation. How did I get into this addictive 
situation? Uh, how did I get into the situation of being a victim? How did I get into uh, uh, this situation of being a predator? How did I to hear? Uh, getting to a place in life where you look at yourself, when you look at what's going on around you and you ask the question, how did I get here? Although it usually happens at a turmoilist time in your life, it is really a good thing. Because that means that God has brought you to a place of self reflection. It means that God has brought you to a place of reckoning. And see, we always think of a place of reckoning as a bad place. But when you get to a place of reckoning, that's where you recognize that you don't belong where you are. And that means that God has brought you to an awakening that there is a place of restoration awaiting for you. Hallelujah, God. But before we get into that, let's let's look back at the story and, and let's see how we got here. Because the truth of the matter is that no matter where a person may find him or herself, no matter where their hair is, it is usually always a backstory that got them there. Amen. And nine times out of ten, if you be honest with yourself, you will find that what got you to that of wherever your ear is, it was decisions that you made on your own. Amen. So let's look again at this backstory. Now, verse 15, 11, it says, then he said, there was once a man who had two sons. And the younger said to his father, father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. Now, the first verse lets you know that this son comes from a wealthy background because he asked his father to give him that which the father had for him, and the father did as the son requested. The father didn't say, oh, I got to go to the bank. I got to see how much money I have. Well, you know, I got this much in stock and this much in bonds, and I got to check my life insurance. He didn't say none of that. He just gave his son what he had requested. Um Now, when you look at that, I'm going to give a quick uh, comparison right now that we're going to go deeper into a little bit later. Now, when it said there was a father who had two or there was a man who had two sons, this father is a representation of God. He is a representation of God. And we know that God is rich. Psalms 24 and 1 tells us the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and those who dwell in it. Philippians 4 and 9 says, and my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So we know our father, the creator of all life of heaven and earth, the creator of everything seen and unseen, we know that he is rich. And in this parable, if you did not know, now you know that this father is a representation of God. And these two sons are representations of the body of Christ or the church. Amen. And 
we're not really going to talk about the the eldest son for the most part because, like I said, this evening God has been giving me a heart and, and making me lay before him and pulling out and pouring out for the backslider because he wants you to come back unto him. Amen. So we're going to be dealing with this younger son and the younger son represents that backslider, that person who knows God, who was with God, who lived with God, who walked with God, who talked with God, had a personal relationship with him through Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, um, so we are going to talk about that a little bit more in detail later, but that to these people represent this this father represents God and this son, this younger son represent those of us who were saved once living and walking in accordance to God's word and to God's will and we found ourselves for whatever the reason in a backslidden backslidden state. Amen. But I want you to know that whatever might have happened that caused you to go into that backslidden state, God has sent me here this evening to tell you that you don't belong there. Hallelujah, God. You don't belong there. Uh, um, so that that was the first thing that I noticed was that the father was rich, and we now know who the father represents, and we know who the son represents. And it says the next thing that I noticed was the son wanted what the father had for him, but wanted nothing else to do with the father. Again, if you don't believe me, read the next verse. Verse 13 says, it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. Amen. Now, it said he went to the father, asked for everything that was coming to him, but then a few days later, he packed up all of his belongings and went to a distant country. That sounds like, I know somebody going to get mad this evening, but that sounds like some of us in the body of Christ. We ask God to give us everything he has for us, give us every blessing, give us every anointing, give us every mercy, give us all that you have for us, but then we don't want anything to do with him. We want the gifts of God, but we want the gifts of God apart from God. We want the blessings, but we don't want to deal with the blesser. We want the anointing, but we don't want to deal with the anointer. We want substance, but we don't want the sustainer. We want salvation, but we don't really want to have to deal with the Savior. Just like the prodigal son, we want what God has for us, but we don't really want to have to deal with God. We want to be able to leave and run off to a far off country. The message version said a distant country. Now, the truth of the matter is how far this country was or not. The actual distance of 
this country. We really do not know. The Bible does not say exactly how far he went. It just said that he went to a far country. But what the Lord is trying to get me to let you know this evening is that a far country is not far in actual distance, but in the alienation of your heart. Hallelujah, God. You may, mm, thank you, Jesus. You could be in church every Sunday, but afar off from God because you don't have a personal relationship. You may be living in a pious home and yet be in a far off country. You could be living in the land of your birth and yet be in a far off country, hallelujah, because it is really where your mind is, amen, hallelujah, the far country that it is, is really a representation, now here somebody's going to get it, of sin. So you could be the most wealthiest person living in a luxurious mansion, but if your life is full of sin, you're really in a far off country. You could be in the sanctuary every time the door is open, but if your life is full of sin, you're really in a far-off country. And I don't mean it's sin that you might make a mistake here or a mistake there. I mean it is sin that we choose to stay in. It's sin that we choose to live in. It's that sin that we have become comfortable with. The far-off country is sin that we will attempt to justify as righteousness when it's really sin. You know how we do. Oh, no, I'm not really gossiping. I'm just letting you know what's going on. But, you know, we just going to pray about it. But then don't nobody ever pray about it? It's sin. You know? Somebody going to get mad. But I'm going to run down here and see if I can hit the number with the lottery. Maybe God is going to bless me. But last time I checked, gambling was a sin. He's going to bless you in the sin. Hallelujah, God. That is the far off country. You know, when you sit back and pass judgment on people because of their hangups or shortcomings. That is all a far-off country. It's a sin that we get comfortable with. It's the sins that we try to justify. But yet we wanted what God has for us. Scripture stated once again that this young man was disciplined and dissipated, so he wasted everything. Now, now in the spiritual realm, how that reflects to us is because sometimes someone speak a word over our lives out of season. And what I mean of when I say out of season is before you are mature enough to understand and hear the word. So now you running with the word because you want everything that God gave for you, but you have never been trained up. So you're undisciplined. And you end up wasting everything. 
He wasted what his father had given him because he was not trained in how to use it. He wasted what he had because he was not trained in how to save it. What he had because he had not learned about freeloaders. Somebody, oh, there's no freeloaders in the spiritual. The word of God tells us to be careful not to cast our pearls, our gifts, our talents before swine. Before they tread them under their feet and then they will turn and rend you. That means destroy you, hurt you, trample you. So, yes, even in the spiritual realm, there are freeloaders. There are those who will try to latch on to suck out of you all that they can get out of you because they don't want to take the time to labor for the Lord. Hallelujah, God. I don't know who I'm talking to this evening. They didn't want to take the time to sit before the Lord and find the answers for themselves. So they saw a little gift of prophecy and they begun to sneak and pull it out of you before you even realize that now you've wasted that little bit that you've had. And you find yourself in a far, far country. Now, notice that the word said that the, the son wasted what he had. It didn't say he lost it. He said he wasted it. Because I don't know if you know, but there is really and truly a difference between uh, wasting something and losing something. See, if you lose something, you mislay it. It becomes uh, separated from you but you may not have knowledge of the fact that it had become separated from you. But when you waste something, you diminish it gradually. You, uh, uh, you scatter it without waste, without thought. I'm sorry, you scatter it without thought. You, you you expand without the necessity of replacement. He wasted that. God had given him, which his father had given him. So he didn't lose his money. He wasted his money. He didn't lose his wealth. He wasted his wealth. And remember, we're talking about how he got to that place of where he is, that place of here, where he was able to say, I don't belong here. We're talking about how we got to that place of here to say that we don't belong here. We did, we, we wasted some wealth. He gave it away frivolously. Now, somebody out there, I need you to put your big boy and girl underwear on and wear this. You didn't lose your praise. You gave it away. You wasted your praise. Mm, hallelujah. You didn't lose your joy, but you gave it away. You didn't lose your salvation. You are giving it away as long as you stay in that backslidden state. Hallelujah, God. You didn't lose it. You're giving it away. You're giving it away. 
How do we give away our joy? Philippians 4 and 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It didn't say rejoice sometimes. It didn't say rejoice when you're feeling good. It didn't say rejoice when everything around you is peaches and cream. It didn't say rejoice only when you have. It just said rejoice. It said rejoice in the Lord. So if you are not rejoicing, you are slowly losing your joy because what we have to understand is God's word tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Why do you feel so weak and tired? You better check your joy. Why is things getting so bad around you? You better check your joy. It's the joy. Psalms uh, uh, 150 and 6, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, do this real quick. If you hold your hand in front of your face and blow, and you feel wind hit your hand, that means you have breath. And if you have breath, You should be praising God. And if you are not praising God, that is because you are giving away your praise. There are a thousand reasons every day to give God praise. Oh, you had something to eat today. It may not have been what you wanted, but it was food to sustain you. You should give God praise. He provided a roof over your head. It may not have been a mansion on top of the hills, but he sustained you, you should give him praise. You got clothes on your back to keep you warm. They may not be name brand clothes, but he's keeping you warm. You should give him praise. It's still in your body. If the blood is still running warm in your veins, you should give God praise. See, that's how we lose it because we stop using it. Our salvation. We didn't lose our salvation. Even in your backslidden state, you haven't lost your salvation. You just, you're giving it away. Second John 1 and 8 says, watch yourself that you do not lose what we have accomplished. You might receive a full reward. We are so busy trying to get back what we keep trying to say the devil stole from us when the truth is we then gave it away. And all we have to do to get it back is bend down and pick it up. Hallelujah, God. Because Satan can't take it from you. He can just make you think he took it from you. Because greater is God in you than he that is in this world. And I promise you, no matter where you may be this evening, no matter what you may be caught up in this evening, I don't care if you caught up in an addiction to something as small as just backbiting and gossiping, that's still a backsplitting state. And whatever it is, God is sitting there, hallelujah, waiting for you. He is waiting for you. 
Why did I use, because God gives us so many other things, why did I use uh, joy, praise, and salvation? Because those are the first three he gives us. Hallelujah. But the scripture says that the son lost all of that. And then the 14th verse goes on to say, after he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through the country, and he begun to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs and the pigs slop, but no one would give him any. Amen. It said after he had wasted or gone through all that he had, there was a famine in the land. Amen. Now, what I need you to understand was there was already a famine in the land, but because he was well off, he was not affected, affected by the famine. Amen. And, and, and what you have to understand is that after you waste all that God has given you, that's when you realize how bad off things really are all around you. Hallelujah, God. See, this is the part that y'all miss. For believers, we not smiling and rejoicing at the craziness we see, thinking that it can never change. The problem for believers are we read the book. We know the end of the story. We know how it's all going to play out in the end. Hallelujah, God. And because we know how it's going to play out in the end, Things don't bother us the way they bother others. Hallelujah, God, because we have a hope in and on and through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. So, so again, what happened was he had gone through all of his money, and, and he noticed that there was a famine in the country. He had gone through all of his money, and he couldn't afford the high prices of food anymore. He had gone through all of his money, and he couldn't afford the high price of drink anymore. He had gone through all of his money, and he could not even afford to keep a roof over his head anymore. Hallelujah, God. What does that have to do with us? Well, the roof over our head is salvation. Hallelujah, God. The strong writer said his banner over me is love. Hallelujah. And it was that love that allowed him to hang on an old rugged cross for my sins and die there. Hallelujah. So now the cost of where I am, because I have wasted my salvation, I no longer can afford a roof over my head. Hallelujah, God. It said that I could that he could not afford food anymore because there was a famine in the land. Hallelujah. Well you know the food is the word of God and when you get too far out of God's will, it is hard to come across a word from the Lord. Hallelujah God. Thank you, Jesus. When you got to be willing, that's what I love about God. He won't force himself on 
on you. You got to be willing to come to him in order for him to reach out to you. Hallelujah, God. He is not a rapist. He is not a predator. He is not going to make you love him. He is not going to make you want him. But if you come to him willingly, hallelujah, God, he is there with open arms. He, he had wasted everything. He had lost the words. He had lost his praise. He had lost his joy. So he signed on with the citizen. And this is the part that he wasted. He noticed there was a famine. And it was after he noticed that there was a famine that things began to hurt. It was after he realized that there was a famine that things begun to hurt. And we're going to come back to that because I don't want it to sidetrack us, so we're going to come back to that. It says, the Bible says he signed on to a citizen there. Now, remember, he is in the far off country, and we already discussed how this far off country represents Sin. And while he was in this country of sin and he's wasted all of what he had, he then signed on with a citizen, a legally recognized subject of the national nation of sin where he was staying. Mm, somebody going to catch that. You got to be careful what you attach yourself to. Because, see, while he was in this place of sin and he could no longer function off of what he used to have because what he used to have was gone, he attached himself to a citizen there. And they hired him to feed their pig, the pigs. So sin hired him to slap the pigs. Now, we can't do this without talking about what these pigs represent here for a second. Pigs or swine are considered unclean, but not only are they unclean, they are considered the most unclean and the most abhorrent of all animals. It is mentioned in the Bible in the singular 16 times and in the plural form four times. They are first referenced in Leviticus 11 and 7 where God begins to tell us that, you know, we cannot. They are last referenced here in Luke 15, 16 where you find us not only uh, 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 touching the carcass, but we living amongst it, and, and we're feeding it. We're, we're hanging out with it. We've gone from Leviticus being told, don't eat it, don't touch it, don't nothing, and to Luke where we, it, it's become the only way we think we can survive. Mm. I don't know who I'm talking to, Lord Jesus Christ Almighty and God. 
I know you think what you're doing, that you got to do it, because you think it's the only way that you can survive. Uh, but you got to get to a place where you decide that you no longer want to live amongst the pigs. You got to get to a place where you decide that you no longer want to live in your sin. I don't know what your sin may be. But we got to get to a place where we say, I'm not going to live there anymore. We got to get to that place where we realize that these who hired us in this place that we find ourselves in, they did not do us a favor. If they were really hiring us and doing us a favor, we could have been servants in their house. If they were hiring us and doing us a favor, even if our job was to slop the pigs, we could have had a room in the house. But because in those times, the servants stayed with what their job was. So, for example, the shepherd stayed with the sheep. The cattle people stayed with the cattle. And guess what? The ones hired to slop the pigs stayed with the pigs. And the funny thing about sin and pigs is they really do have some things in common one with another. Like, for example, pigs need mud to regulate their body temperature and to protect their skin from sunburn. Well, sin in the same sense needs mud to regulate its temperature so that it can hide under the mud as it's growing, and it prefers to hide under the mud as it's growing because if it gets into the light of not the S-U-N, but into the light of the S-O-N, it too will get sunburned. Hallelujah, God. Pig's willowing is an essential social behavior uh, amongst pigs. It, it, it gives them that sense of belonging. It also allows them to show to the other swine that they are doing well. And and, and when it comes to sin, sin loves company. So when you get to wallowing in the mud of sin, what you are doing is showing other sins that you are comfortable in doing well in the sin that you are in. Mm, Jesus, hallelujah. Pigs need mud to cleanse their skin of parasites. Sin needs mud to cleanse your joy off, to cleanse your praise off, to cleanse your anointing off. Hallelujah. Remember, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Hallelujah, God. And when you get into the mud of sin, hallelujah, God, it will Still, hallelujah, God, your joy, it will kill your praise and destroy your anointing. Hallelujah, God. Pigs use mud to spread their scent and mark their territory, especially for mating season. Well, sin does the same thing. 
see you think you in that mud hiding your sin from the S-O-N, but what you really doing is marking the territory so that other little demons can see what demon is running with you so that it can know where to come when it's ready to make and grow into mm, Jesus. Hallelujah. He realized that he was living in somebody this evening is realizing that they like their situation, that they're comfortable with the pigs. They're comfortable with the sin. Now, uh, I'm looking at the time, good, we got enough time. We're going to do a quick review of the history of this man, and then we're going to talk about it representing us, because remember, this man represents us. We will review the history of how he got there, then we're going to uh, look at the history of how we got to whatever our here is. It said this man came from a wealthy father, took what his father said was his, and went to a faraway country, wasted all that he had and was hurting, signed up with a citizen there, and now uh, he's living with and taking care of their pigs and he is hungry. And what that has to do with us today is we come from a rich father, the creator, the one true living God. And at some point we recognize that in our lives and we accepted him as our father and we accepted him uh, uh, through Jesus Christ in personal relationship in our lives. And because we thought we knew where we were going, we ignored God's GPS system. Mm, hallelujah, God. Now, you know, GPS, global positioning system, is what we use to get from point A to point B. But how many of us, if we be honest, sometimes don't always use it to go all the way from point A to point B. We might know part of the route from point A to B. So we might let it kick in halfway along the way or we might think we know, and then we end up getting lost. Well, what happened with us is we turned off God's positioning system. We ignored his text messages. Somebody said God didn't text me. Yes, he did. Open it up. It's the Bible. Read it. You'll be surprised at what he had to say. And we went on our own route because we thought we knew where we were going, just like that young man. And we used up all that we had, and now we find ourselves in that one place that we know God doesn't want us to be, the one place that we don't want to be, attached to a sin, feeding that sin's demon, and not just feeding them, but living amongst them, and now we are hungry. See, when you signed up with that citizen, that man thought that he, he, he would be able to eat, he would be able to rest, he would find a little bit of comfort, if nothing else. But what he found out was that there was no food for him. There was no rest for him. There was nothing for him but further fair. Hallelujah, God. Some of us in this far country of whatever sin it is we living with, 
we think we done hooked up with somebody ha, that's going to help you in your sin. But what I'm here to tell you is you're not going to be able to find any rest there. You're not going to be able to find any food there. You thought you would find provision. You thought you would find care. You thought you'd find sleep. You thought you would find what you needed, but at the end of it all, you are still hungry, living in this backslidden state. Hallelujah, God. Still hungry. And the saddest part of it is, then we begin to remember that place of reckoning. Because we remember what it was like to be at the Father's house. We remember what it was like to be fed at my father's table. We remember what it was like to have servants serving us. That was for the man for us today. We remember what it was like to have access to the throne of God, to be able and come and go at your desire and pleasure to the throne of God. We remember what it was like to walk in the freedom of Jesus Christ. We remember what it was like, but we walked away from it to go to this far off, this far off lane. And then it was funny because this next verse, this next verse, it hit me as many times as I've, I've studied the scripture and I've, I've heard about this. This next verse hit me so strong, Luke 15 and 16, like it never did before. It said, he was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs and the pig slop, but no one would give him any. Now, to understand why this is so deep for me, you, you have to understand what slop is and how it's made. Slop is usually something that is given at the very beginning of the day, and it's made from all of the leftover food and drink and everything from the night before, or it's given at the end of the day from the leftovers of everything from that day, depending on what time they fed their pigs. So now, this the part. You made slop by taking whatever milk was left from the day, whatever wine was left from, whatever they couldn't store safely, and you threw it all in this bucket and this barrel, and you sort of mushed it up soft enough, and you fed it to the pigs. So if you had enough food left over that you could make slop to feed the pigs, you had enough food that you could have offered something to eat to this man that you hired in this faraway country that was now living with your pigs. Mm, thank you, Jesus. On the spiritual, some of us, mm, thank you, God, some of us then took on some folk, and instead of feeding them the word of God because they are starving, we are just feeding, giving them the slop to feed 
to those little demons that we pretending that we don't have, but we know we really got them. But, you know, because of the positions that we hold in the churches and in the community, we don't want nobody to know that we wrestle with what we wrestling with. We don't want nobody to know that we can backbite as quick as we can shout. We don't want nobody to know that we can cuss just as quick as we can praise. We don't want nobody to know that we tear down quicker than we ever build up. We don't want nobody to know that. So we done hired doing this person because we done seen a little bit of the God that used to be in us, in them. And the only difference is we still in the sanctuary pretending. He outside the sanctuary, not knowing which way to go. We pretending like we helping, but we really tearing down. Mm, Jesus, we really tearing down. And instead of feeding them with a little bit of word of God, we refuse to eat. We mushing it up to justify our nonsense and feeding it to the pigs that flop. Hallelujah, God. It said the man would have ate the leftover trash. But nobody would give him any. And see, and this is how you know that the man was of God. He wasn't even willing to steal the good pieces of corn out the slot so that he could eat. I mean, they gave it to him. They walked away. They didn't sit there to watch him feed the pig. So that's how you knew he was of God. Because he wouldn't even take it unless it was offered to him. But that was enough to make him come to his senses. That was enough to make him remember how the servants in his father's house was treated. That was enough to make him say, I'm going back to my father and I'll stay to my father. I've sinned against God, and I've sinned against thee. He said, I'll say to my father, I've sinned against God, and I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. Yet when he was Still a long way off, his father saw him. His father's heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. He basically said, I don't belong here. I deserve better than this. I was created to be better than this. I believe in my spirit that someone listening this evening is at a place where they are realizing that they are better than what they are in. I believe that someone this evening is realizing and remembering that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. I believe that somebody is realizing that even in their current State. They have had purpose decreed and declared over their lives. Hallelujah, God. Somebody this evening is remembering that God said in Jeremiah 3 and 14, return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. 
somebody needs to say this evening, I don't belong here. I'm going back home. Hallelujah, God. I may not deserve to be his child anymore, but I'm going back home to God. I may have made some serious mistakes in my life, but I'm going back home to God. I may have been a murderer. I may have been a thief. I may have been an adulterer. I could have been a rapist. I could have been a a, a backbiter. I could have been a zealot. I could have been a terrorist. Whatever it is, you in a place where you say, Lord, I deserve better than this. I was created for better than this. I don't belong here, Father. I'm coming home to you. Hallelujah, God. I'm coming back home to you. Hallelujah, God. Now, the word of God says that when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. As he was coming home, the father saw him afar off. The father had compassion on him and ran to meet him. Now, to understand why this is deep is you have to understand that even in biblical times, in Middle Eastern culture, running was considered shameful. If you was a person of any honor, of any statue, the last thing you would be caught doing in a grown man is running down the street. And least of all, because of all the robes that you wore, it was considered shameful for a man's legs to show, his ankles and stuff to show. And to run without falling, you would have to lift up your skirt, sort of either hold it together or tie it together, allowing you the ability to run. So now you got your legs exposed, which is a spectacular all in itself, and you're running down the street, which is something not heard of, of a man of stature, and here he is running to his son. Now, understand, the son is not nowhere near the father, but the father has seen him afar off because the father has been looking for his son. Hallelujah. Somebody thinks whatever they've done that they're going too far and God won't take them back. What I need you to understand is God has been looking for you. Hallelujah, God. And even now in this place of consideration, he's sees you afar off, hallelujah. If you take a step towards him, he'll continue to run towards you. The father knew that he had to get to his son. Now, now there was another reason that the father had to get to his son, though, because the father knew that if someone else in the community were to see his son first, if they got to his child before he got to his child, they could beat him, they could send him away, they could publicly humiliate him for the way he shamed his family. They could literally have put him to death. The community had nothing but disgust for such a scoundrel as this man, sort of like the church is today. Mm, I'm sorry, y'all but I got to go there. We forget that God picked us up out of muck, mar, clay, cleaned us up, remolded us, shaped us, 
uh, sandpaper dust moved us down before he put us on display. But then we want to eat up and beat up and tear up everybody else we see walking that God is working on like we better than them because we forget who we once were in Christ and because we forget that there but by the grace of God goes us and because of folk like us, the father said, before I let them hurt my child, I'll take the shame on myself. The father looked on with compassion as what his son would go through as he tried to come back home. The father looked on in this compassion for the deep distress of mind that his son must have been through to be willing to walk through the middle of town in the middle of the day. The father said, I know what he's done, but that's still my child. I know he disrespected me, but that's still my child. I know he threw away the money, but that's still my child. I know he did this to himself, but that's still my child. Hallelujah. That's what God is saying to the backslider this evening who is trying to make their way home. He has seen you in your addiction. He has seen you in your cravings. He has seen you in your wantingness, seen you in your parties. He has seen you wherever you may have been, but he is saying you are still my child. I know you squandered your gifts, but you are still my child. I know that you sinned against me, but you still my child, and I'm going to protect you from the snares of the enemy. That is my child, and because you are my child, I'm going to protect you from all hurt, harm, and danger. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. So he said, if they don't, I know what to make them not pay attention to this strange, raggedy-looking person trying to get home to me. I'm going to run down the middle of the street. I'm going to take the public scurrying as I run down Main Street. I'm going to take the shame as I run down Main Street. I can see the father's standing with the light on, waiting, watching, hoping for a glimpse of the person who was spurned, who has spurned their relationship with him that he longs to have, the father running towards his son, hallelujah, taking the shame of the community upon himself, hallelujah. I see my father, God, hallelujah, running down the main street of life all the way to an old splintery rugged cross that was meant for us. Hallelujah, God. I see my father, God, taking on the agony of the death for our choices. He ran to the cross for us. He hung there, shame that we might be the righteousness of God. He hung there, bleeding to death, that through his blood we could have remission of sins and eternal life. He hung there, suffocating and share agony that we may, that he could become the air we breathe and that we could live in the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. He stepped out of his kingship to put on our Messiah, his Messiahship, to replace and restore our relationship. He willfully took the shame that was meant for us. Hallelujah, God. 
and when we get to him today because of what he has done for us. Like the father in the prodigal son fell upon his child and just embraced him and kissed him and loved on him. That is what God will do for us. He will embrace us. He will hug us. He will love on us. If we only just say, I don't belong here. I'm going back home to my father. Hallelujah, God. It's not something that's hard to do. This word was for you this evening. You can say this simple prayer with me. You just say, Father God, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the word that you have brought forth this evening. I thank you for the deliverance that is taking place this evening. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to restore me back into right relationship. Father, I don't belong here, and I'm coming back home to you through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, God. And if you said that prayer according to God's word, you are saved. Hallelujah. You saved. You're back in right relationship. It's no formal prayer to say. Don't believe the tricks of the enemy. There is no one formal prayer to say. Just come back unto God with repentance. And repentance is just saying truthfully and meaning it that you are sorry and that your desire is to change and begin to walk in that change. In Jesus' name, and you are saved. And right now, Brother Rob is going to come on, and he is going to give you some announcements on how you can follow us, and then I will be right back on to close us out. Brother Rob? Yes, yes. Uh, thanks so much, Pastor Tori, for the nice message, and uh it's truly a joy. And um, uh, I'm I'm just happy to hear the way you uh, put everything together. And uh, so real quickly, I'll go ahead and uh, do the announcements. This is part of the Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's show, no matter where in the world you are, whether you're listening to us online or you're listening to us via phone. Uh, we greatly appreciate your listenership and your support of Purpose Kingdom Network, and uh, we greatly appreciate those that share with your friends and family members. Anytime we do a live show, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Uh, also, we do have a phone-in number where you can call the host, which is 319 527 Six zero nine one, and you can just press the number one, and uh, we'll get you in to talk with um, any of the hosts that we have uh, participating in any of our programming. Uh, okay, and uh, also we invite you to like us on our Facebook page at Purpose Kingdom. That's uh, Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. We can uh, see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and from time to time we do make announcements. We also invite you to like our radio network that we have, which is pknradio.com. So it's pknradio.com. Uh, just check it out. It, is, it has uh, 24 hours of music of inspiration. And uh, just feel free to check it out and, you know, let people know that we do have a radio network. Okay. Also, if anytime you want to uh, send us an email, you can shoot us an email at purposekingdomnet at gmail.com where you can just send your comments, questions, concerns. Uh, you can simply say hello or send a praise re- request. We gladly uh, honor that. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at purpose underscore kingdom. Uh, there you can uh, shoot us an email or just uh, let us know how we're doing or um, just say hi in general. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. Okay, and tomorrow evening we will be broadcasting at the 9 p.m. hour, 
uh, with God's own God's blessing, and we're going to be having uh, the real rap, and that's going to be hosted by evangelist Todd T.C. Nelson. So once again, at the uh, 9 p.m. hour with God's own God's blessing, we will be broadcasting the real rap show, uh, and that's going to be hosted by evangelist Todd T.C. Nelson. Okay, and with that, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and I'm going to um, hand the show back over to Pastor Toy. Hallelujah. We thank and bless God. Hallelujah, God, for each and every one of you who joined in this evening. Hallelujah. Remember, your situation does not have to dictate your destination. Hallelujah, God. And that even though you may be in a situation where you are in a backslidden state, that does not mean that you have to Stay in that place. Hallelujah. You can look up at any time and say, guess what? I don't belong here. I am a child of the Most High God. I don't belong here. And once you say I don't belong here, don't just say it and stay there. Say it, get up, and go back home to the Father. He is waiting for you. He is longing for you. Hallelujah, God. He is waiting to love on you, to heal you, to deliver you. But you have to be willing to come back home. I bless God for that soul by faith that I believe, by faith gave their life back to Christ this evening. By faith we thank God for the soul who we believe came to Christ for the first time in their life this evening. We encourage you all to continue to Read God's word for yourself. If you do not have a Bible, please reach out to us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. Again, that's PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We will have a Bible sent out to you so that you can continue to grow in the word of God. As he said, please continue to find a Bible uh, teaching, preaching, believing sanctuary where you can grow in the knowledge of Christ. And we just thank and bless God for every one of you. I thank you for each and every one of those out there who are listening in with us today. May the good Lord keep you forever in his grace and in his mercy. Father God, we thank you for this word, Father. We thank you for the move of your spirit this evening, Father. We thank you for deliverance that has taken place this evening, Father. We thank you for breakthroughs that has taken place this evening, Father. Hallelujah, God. We just say Thank you, Father. And now, Father, as we leave from this place, but never your presence, Father God, in our individual homes, cars, wherever we may be listening at, Father God, we just ask you to continue to stay with us, to keep us, to protect us in the mighty name of Jesus until we come back together again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Y'all be blessed out there. See you tomorrow. God bless. Jesus bless. He raised me. I will not lose. He saved me. I will not lose. Set me free. I will not lose. Never want to see me down. I will not lose.